The views and opinions expressed in this program are those of the guests and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the hosts and creators of this program. This is the Pet Buzz. This is the Pet Buzz. Freshly collected with news, celebrity pet gossip, and the latest pet trends. The Pet Buzz gives you the latest 411 on everything pet related. Everything pet related. Hosted by pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. And here's the Dynamic, Dynamic pet, pet Duo. You are listening to the Pet Buzz, the ultimate in pet talk radio. You know, I am really excited for this episode of the Pet Buzz because it's the Westminster edition. Every year we cover Westminster and I love going to the show. Well, I've been going to Westminster for so long. Actually, I think I'm going to tell you a funny story. So my mom always took me to the Derby and my dad always took me to the dog show and never the twain shall meet. So what I mean by that is dad never went to the Derby and mom never went to the dog show. And one of my earliest memories of going to the show when I was about five years old, my dad had to ask a nice lady to kind of take me into the bathroom because obviously he couldn't go. So I have to tell you, my dad was thrilled when I could finally go to the bathroom by myself. So he didn't stand outside the bathroom and ask and wait and ask a nice lady to take me in and to just kind of walk me out, which is like, I always think is kind of funny. Well, my dad's been long gone, but he's always with me, especially when I go to the garden for the dog show. And I got to tell you, I got to think twice, especially when I hit the bathroom at the garden. That's my big time Westminster memory, my big family memory. So I'm happy to share it with you. But I want to tell you, my seats are in the second row in the center of the garden across from the Westminster Kennel Club folks. So I always get seen on camera. So I'll be sitting in the middle. Um, so definitely look for me. Like I said, second row center. You can't miss me. So now that I told you my story, let's start out with the kickoff to the show, which is our countdown. So in segment four, we're talking with Norfolk Terrier breeder, Barbara Miller of Maxwell Kennels. She's going to tell us how to find the dog of our dreams, but first by doing some solid breed research and then by locating a great breeder. And in three, in seg three, I'm talking with Johnny Avello. You might know that name. Well, Johnny is the head of the sports book for DraftKings. And I got to tell you, for a few years now, he's been predicting the odds for the Westminster Kennel Club dog show. So this will be really interesting. There's 199 plus breeds and varieties. So that's a lot of work, Johnny. Well, in segment two, this is where we're going to dish about celebrities, but we're also going to talk to Fabian Arienti and Tony Cabrera about the new breed, the Asawak making its Westminster debut at Madison Square Garden. And in segment one, Gail Miller is joining us today. She's the director of communications and the host of the iconic Westminster annual dog show. So Gail, what number Westminster is this? This is the 144th annual Westminster Kennel Club dog show. Gosh, can you believe it? 144 years. What? (laughs) other thing in life do you know that's that old? I mean, obviously the Kentucky Derby and obviously the Belmont and obviously the Preakness, but it's just totally amazing. I mean, for 144 years, dogs have been coming all over the country to New York. It's an amazing phenomena, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. I mean, I think it really puts it in perspective when that you think that there were dog shows in, happening in Manhattan before the invention of the light bulb. 
you know, that's when you when you talk about it in those kinds of terms, I think it really brings it home that people have loved dogs and celebrated dogs for so long. I mean, really, I think it's part of our American history. I mean, you know, obviously you haven't and I haven't been in, involved in the dog world for 144 years. But I mean, I think one of the reasons that I, I like to interview you every year other than your position with Westminster is because you've been on the ground. You've been you showed as a junior. And I think um I think that's a great thing. And it gives you a complete perspective from somebody who's been in the dog world for such a long time, wouldn't you say? Well, it definitely helps when you when you grow up showing dogs as a young person, you learn discipline and you learn how to take care of animals and you learn responsibility and sportsmanship and all those things that really do continue on and help you in all aspects of your life. And and that's one of the things our, our sport does offer is that young people can compete against each other, but also against adults. I mean, it gives you exposure to things that a lot of other sports you just don't have that opportunity. No, you absolutely don't. So, Gail, how long have you been coming to Westor? Or, or is I don't know, maybe I shouldn't ask that question because it might kind of refer to your age. <laughs> you know, we can't ever give a woman's age away. That's right. Well, my parents were involved in the sport. They were breeders. My mom was a judge and, and the parent uh, president of our parent club, the Verde College Club of America. So uh, we were very involved as a family and traveled to dog shows uh, every weekend together. And so it was a great way uh, you know, grow up and be involved. And I was the handler of the family and the groomer of the family. And so um, coming to Westminster was an annual part once I became a teenager. And I competed in the junior showmanship competition there three years. And it's a, an exceptional experience. I mean, it's the first time I'd ever been to Manhattan was because of the Westminster Dog Show. And so it was the first time I was exposed to um, that kind of metropolis and, and that type of competition. I could hear in your voice the wide open eyes and the mouth open as a child. You know what I mean? I remember every year once we got our seat, me and my dad, just the, wow, the wow factor. Okay, so that's why I'm going to ask my next question. So why is the annual Westminster Kennel Club Dog Show so important and why should it be on everyone's bucket list? Well, I think part of the reasons uh, people put it on their bucket list is because of the prestige of the event. It is so unique and prestigious. Yes, there are other dog shows in the country that have more dogs, or there may be dog shows that have interesting or more types of competition. You know, we're in Manhattan, so we're limited by space. We can only have so many dogs entered, and we can only have so many types of competition, but we are the oldest dog show going on, and we are the most prestigious, and And so because of that, there is this mystique, but the top dogs have always come to our show. We've had celebrities have dogs entered in our dog show um, since the beginning. I mean, Queen Victoria, if that's not a celebrity, I don't know what is. But the Tsar uh, of Russia. The Tsar of Russia, exactly. Custard had dogs entered. We also had J.P. Morgan's colleagues. We've had, you know, many, many celebrities involved or, you know, celebrities at their time. I think this is the second or third year that California has the largest entry at our dog. Yeah, I was going to ask you about how many dogs are entered and where is the largest number of dogs coming from? Well, it is from the Northeast and from California. And that, you know, the Northeast makes sense. It's easy you can drive in, you know, but to, to fly your dog or drive cross country, that is commitment. 
You know, if you've just joined us, we're talking with Gail miller your Director of Communications and host of the iconic Westminster Annual Dog Show, which is 144 years old. The club is one year older at 145. We asked some of our listening audience if they had any questions for you. So we these were the two of the more popular questions. The first one was, how did the judges pick a winner? Because people like, you know, they sit and they see the best in show lineup and they they kind of don't understand why their favorite breed doesn't win. The judging is based on a written standard. And this written standard is the blueprint for each breed. And so the judges are not judging one dog against another. They're judging which dog in that lineup of seven. So it's not necessarily the beagle being judged against the Pomeranian. What it is, is which of those two dogs more closely represents its written standard. Wow. And here's our second question. Um, and this had a lot to do with um, the National Dog Show win with an English Bulldog. People want to know why the Golden Retrievers and the Labradors and other popular breeds don't win. Well, it goes back to what I just said about the written standards. So the judge may be looking at a Golden Retriever in the sporting group versus a pointer, let's say. And maybe they think those two dogs are the closest to their written standards. So they're first and second. They're in the judge's mind as they're working through um, their judging process. Well, thank you so much for being here as a guest of the Pet Buzz. We love having you come back every year and giving us the new highlights. So thank you. And everyone, to learn more about the show, can go to WestminsterKennelClub.org. And everyone, that was Gail Miller-Beischer, very enthusiastic director of public relations of the Westminster Kennel Club. And, of course, she is the TV host of the show as well. All I can say is grab your dog, get a drink and a snack of choice, plop down on your couch, and enjoy the show. But if you can be there, even better. Up next, we're hearing about Westminster celebrity news. Stay tuned. You are listening to The Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. We would love to communicate with you via social media. Use The Pet Buzz social media channels on Twitter and Facebook to make a comment or ask a question. Post a picture of your pet on Instagram and tell us about his or her unique personality. You can also write to us at team at thepetbuzz.com. For more information about our show, our guests, and buzzworthy freebies, visit us at thepetbuzz.com. When your doctor recommended omega fatty acids as a daily supplement, he told you that they promoted better heart, brain, skin, joint, and immune system health. Well, doesn't it make sense for your pet to have the same health benefits? EpiPet Whole Fish Treat, an all-natural smoked fish supplement, is 100% bioavailable, bringing your pets the nutrients they need to keep them healthy and happy. To order better pet health for your dog or cat, visit www.epi-pet.com. Often should you bathe your pet? Well, I'm pet trendologist Charlotte Reed, and I'm asked that question often. How often you should wash your dog depends on a number of factors, including his health, breed, coat, and activity level, as well as where these activities are taking place. Dogs who spend days outside rolling and things are going to need a bath far more often than the ones who spend most of their time on the couch. Or you can always take the smell test. If your dog walked into the room and you can smell them, it's time for a bath. Make sure when it's time for a bath, you gather up all the supplies, including a non-slip mat and plenty of towels. Use shampoo 
formulated for dogs and turn your cell phone off to avoid distraction. And if you have a dog that hates getting a bath, smear some peanut butter on the bathtub wall and let him lick it off while you bathe him. Then he'll know bathing can really be a treat. Thank you so much for joining us on the Pet Buzz this morning. This show is hosted by the Dynamic Pet Duo. I'm petronologist Charlotte Reed, and I'm talking about the 144th Westminster Kennel Club Dog Show. So let's kick off this segment with some celebrity pet news. So over the years, we've seen so many celebrity dog owners at the big show. So let's see. We've got Patty Hearst. Um, she owns Frenchies and Shih Tzus. And she'll be at the show this year, as she is every year for the last few years. Martha Stewart has had her Chow Chows shown. You know, she loves her Chows. Back in the day, we've also had a lot of famous people in history who have shown dogs. Uh, in the 1800s, we had Nellie Bly. She's well known. She's a famous journalist who exposed asylum conditions in New York City. She actually checked herself into an asylum in the 1800s. It was pretty bad. And then we've also, when we look back at the history books, we've had the Czar of Russia who sent a Russian wolfhound or boyzoi to the States to be shown. So many other famous people. Augustus Belmont uh, was a member of the club. Uh, Westminster, he also member uh, Belmont Racetrack. That's one of his babies. So let's now talk about the new breed and we can just move on and keep all this Westminster information coming along. A new breed will be introduced to the competition this year at Westminster. The Osawak will be making its Westminster debut in Madison Square Garden. Now this is an introduction to the breed. So joining us today is Fabian Arienti, board director of the American Osawak Association and his partner, Tony Cabrera. Who also breeds the dogs. Welcome to the Pet Buzz, both of you. Thank you, thank you. So Fabian, what is an Osawak and how did you get involved in this breed? Okay, an Osawak is a northern African breed of dog that excels in guarding and hunting by side. We went to a show in Argentina, a world dog show in Argentina in 1992. And we saw this beautiful creature walking, and we were like, what is that? And we found out that it was an Asawak, and since then, you stay on our head, and now. So, Tony, tell me how I would recognize the breed. I mean, describe its body characteristics and its colors. Uh, this is, I tell you, we are, we've been breeding for many years, and once we started with this breed, we are totally, totally uh, more with them, totally in love with them. What they are is they are a distinctive, elegant, upright breed. They have the most severe cock-up of any breed, and they are taller than long. Interesting. That's how the best I can describe it. Uh, very elegant, very elegant, and a very severe cock-up of any breed there is out there. And they come in a variety of colors, too, yes? Correct. The, uh, the color and markings are in material uh, according to the uh, American uh, standards. Uh, the SDI has a different standard with the color. They have more restrictions than we do. But the American standard, the color and markings are in material. Yes. What could you expect to be the weight, the average weight of the of the dog? The weight, uh, the females are smaller, about 40 pounds, and the females about 30 pounds, 25, 
Okay. So that's like a medium-sized yeah, dog. Yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, you know, if you were to compare them to another breed, Tony, what 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 are you thinking? Like somewhere where a greyhound meets a Saluki, something like that. What do you, what do you think? No, they're totally totally different. They're totally different in build because remember they are taller than long. Okay. They're very leggy, very elegant, a very thin. They stay very thin, and you are supposed to see the hip bones, and you're supposed to be minimum of three to five ribs. So you can see three to five ribs, and they're very, very tall. So they're much bigger than a Saluki, which is also, is that, is that an African dog, a Saluki? No, I wouldn't say they're much bigger than a Saluki. They're higher. They're taller. Okay. Much bigger. They're much taller. taller. Weight-wise, it's probably about a yeah, I'm, I'm just trying to give the, our listening audience just an idea of what they look, what they, uh, right. look they look like. Got it. So Fabian, what about their temperament? What it's about the Bobby breed's N. temperament? It's Bobby, Bobby N. It's Bobby N. <laughs> what about the, what about the breed's temperament? They are naturally wary of the strangers, but are deeply loyal to the ones they love. Okay. I mean, for me, they have a great temperament, but they are naturally wary of the strangers. Well, does that mean they fit into a family, or are they more of a single-person sort of path? Oh, this, okay, this is funny. I do think they fit into the family. They love their family. They're loyal to their family, and they guard their family with tremendous passion. Are they for everybody? I think so. If they take them properly, uh, they are a lovely breed, and they are deeply loyal to the ones they love, including the whole family. Well, you know, it's really interesting because Fabian and Tony used still and continue to breed Pomeranians. Ah. So I would think that's such a different dog than a Pomeranian. Is that, is that the case? Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> totally, 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 two totally different things. Yeah. Well, if you've just joined us, we're talking with breeder Tony Cabrera and his partner Fabian Ariente, who Fabian is also a board member of the American Asawak Association. This new breed is making its Westminster debut. I'm just curious a little bit more about the history of the dog. What jobs do they do in their native country? The new job is guarding the, uh, the village and guarding the livestock. Now, at the same time, they are tremendous looking dogs of our hunters. They're beautiful hunters and they hunt like sight. And they hunt, hunt in a pack. The main purpose for the village in Africa is guard the camp and the livestock. That's the most important thing that they're using for, and of course they are tremendous hunters by sight. So, so Tony, how many of these Asawaks exist in the United States? I'd say about about three hundred. 300 of them. That's a lot. Yeah, I think so. I mean, that is really a lot of dogs. I mean, I'm excited to see one and get, Me my, too. And get my picture taken with one, a <laughs> new breed. You know, Fab, you know, it's interesting, Fabian, is it, um, is it, is it difficult to kind of get this breed going? I mean, to grow its numbers in the United States? I don't think so. I think through education, I think when a lot of people see them and they're like, sometimes when we walk and in the streets and they look at them and like, oh my God, what is that? I don't think it would be difficult. I think that it really is educating the people and I think that they will grow actually. So Fabian, you you had a question for Fabian. Yeah, with Westminster coming up, how many of these uh, these Asawaks are going to be showing at Westminster? They're going to be six. There are six. I'm sorry, there are six entered 
uh, which I have three of them there, okay? So the other three, you know, <laughs> champions. I'm sorry. So I'm, I'm laughing because you got three out of six, <laughs> so there's a good chance you're going to win. 50%. <laughs> <laughs> how much I love them. <laughs> how Alex, you know, I'm deaf. What time are they going to show? Do you guys know? What time are they going to show at Westminster? No, yeah, no, yeah. We're showing on Sunday because they know they changed now. So now it would be, they would be shown on Sunday. We do not know the time yet. They don't have the judging schedule yet. So, Fabian <laughs> so, and Tony, that was really fun. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for uh, thank you so much. Uh, we really appreciate it. We appreciate it. And- uh, hopefully this uh, third, uh, so people can know the green a little bit better. And we are very excited with this new green, and uh, we love them, and they are our baby. <laughs> so and I hope you. to see you Charlotte in New York. Oh, yeah, honey, you know I'm going to be seeing you. Well, you can learn more about the Osawak at osawak.org, and that is A-Z-A-W-A-K-H.org. And I bet you want to know what my I like you for the weekends. That's next. Does your pet have dry, flaky, and itchy skin? Do you find yourself visiting the veterinarian repeatedly because Fido or Fluffy has skin allergies or ear infections? EpiPet to the rescue. Developed by a veterinarian, EpiPet is a revolutionary, high-performance skin and ear care product line made with the finest natural ingredients. EpiPet, for you and your pet, means better pet health. For more information, visit epi-pet.com. Know what? What? Since I got adopted, I've learned a lot about these humans. Uh, I know. I mean, check out these two. It's Flirt City over here. Yeah, I noticed that. It looks like my human is definitely into your human. Oh, look. I think she's getting his number. Nice. Your human's got some sweet moves. Takes after his dog. (laughs) Oh, look, they're doing that thing where they put their arms around each other. She kicked up a leg. It's like in the movies. That's awesome. Looks like we're going to be hanging out a little bit more. Welcome back. You're listening to the Pet Buzz, the best in pet talk radio. I'm pet trendologist Charlotte Reed. And what about my I like you for the week? Well, that's the way it has to be because that's the way I like it. It's genius. I like it. I love it so much. I like it. It's to die for. I like it. This week, I love the 2020 Westminster Kennel Club poster by Misha Len showcasing the 2019 winners. You know, the club has a long history within New York City. In this 2020 poster, dogs are celebrated, but also the long, ever-evolving history of the dog show with that famous city, New York City. The poster is amazing. It's kind of done in an Art Deco style. And without a doubt, you'll be able to see the people and the and the dogs in the New York City setting. So the poster is about $35 and shipping is about 10 for shipping in the United States and 15 for shipping to Canada. I'm going to make sure I put a post up. You can buy the poster before, during, and after the show. So let's move on with our next guest. 
You know, father time may be a man, but luck may be a lady. What's most relevant is both of these figures look over the 144th Westminster Kennel Club. Well, joining us today is Johnny Ivello, former sportsbook executive director at the Wynn Hotel and now head of the sportsbook for DraftKings. Hello, Johnny. I'm so glad that I got you in my chair. Let's talk about the dogs, the dog show, and the odds. So how long have you been predicting winners regarding Westminster Kennel Club? Uh, it's been probably, and I don't keep track of it, but I'm going to say it's been 12 years or so. And how many winners have you picked? I've had a couple winners. Matter of fact, my first year predicting it, I, I won. So then I thought I was an invin- invincible, and then, of course, that was not true, as most predictors find out. I remember you picked Sadie. That was one of your predictions. Yes. The Scotty. Yep. I think I've only had two. I've had a bunch of, you know, the, the good part about it is that, um, you know, I, I get, I'm excited to do it. And when I watch the show, uh, as long as my dog wins, uh, their, you know, the breed, their category, mm-hmm. then, um, then I can uh, have a chance to win it. And so, and so I've had a lot of, uh, you know, winners in categories, but not necessarily the best of show. It's hard. It really is because sometimes you get, you know, your soul told. There was a beagle. Remember the beagle that won? Yeah, Uno. Uh, what was his name? Uno. Uno. Yeah, I was uh, not Uno or Duo. <laughs> <laughs> I think one year you that predicted a Cocker Spaniel, but, but I think that's par for the course, you know, in what you do. That's correct. I have fun with it and the, and the people that follow it, have fun with it. So it, that's what it's about. Now, I, I want to say that Johnny's been doing this for a while, but he doesn't, when it comes to the dog show, it, we're not talking about dollars and cents. So there's no real betting. And n- at his last previous employment, it was just all for the good fun. You know, what I found really interesting, I started thinking about this because I know you've obviously worked on the Derby and the Triple Crown and a million other things going on. But, you know, it's interesting because the Derby has up to 20 horses. But for the dogs, there's like 193 breeds. And, of course, with the varieties. So it must take you a really long time to determine the odds, right? It really does. Uh, even though I've always done it for entertainment purposes only, I've spent days on doing it because at one time, Charlotte, I used to handicap the entire field and therefore I'd have odds on every single dog in the entire show. Now, <laughs> I don't do that any longer. It's just too much work and those dogs that that are, you know, 1,000, 2,001 at the bottom just aren't going to get there. So what I do is I take a group of those and kind of put them in a field. So if any of those won it, uh, they would be considered the field. So give us a little tutorial. I mean, we don't want your secrets, but like what what goes into determining the odds? Like what's that about? Well, first of all, dogs, remember, dogs are, they're like players. They're like us. Teams fighting to win the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. They play all year long, and they uh, they perform at a at a high level, and and go to different championships and win and place and you know have good showings, and that's the kind of stuff I look at. And then of course they come to the Super Bowl, which is it, and that's ironic, isn't it? How the dog show and the Super Bowl kind of coincide yeah. with one another. I mean, I was just thinking that's a great analogy because, you know, uh, our mutual friend, David Fry, used to say, you know, the dog show is oh, the Super Bowl of uh, of the dog world. 
Okay, so obviously we don't want to know your secrets, but what kind of like what other kind of things go into determining the odds? Obviously, we have to look at the dog's history, his show history. If he's a winner, if he's a loser, how many times he's, I guess you could say, win, place, or show. Well, there's little tricks that you need to look for. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, the judges, or uh, we know who the judges are for the contest, so right. um, we know, and we know who the final judge is going to be. So it's good to handicap. The judge himself, that helps. Oh, I forgot about um, that. And, you know, you put all the dogs in order of how you think uh, their talent is, and then you put odds to them just like I would for any other event. And the Super Bowl, for instance, if if I took the thir- you know, 30, 32 teams, put them in order, um, rank them from 1 to 32, and then put odds, associate odds with them, that process is exactly the same. The research is just a little bit different. It's a little bit harder, and uh, um, and it's just digging around for things. So, um, but you right. know, all the, there's some just little things, little things you look for along the way. So uh, another another thing is look in the categories and see, you know, it has that type of dog got one there before. Has that type of dog never won or never even been in the hunt? Those are certainly things to look at too. You know, it's kind of interesting now that I'm thinking back on some of these judges. For example, not long ago, uh, we had a wire fox win and they've won many times. And Gabriel, the handlers won many times. And then we had, you know, a very well-known wire fox breeder who's won many times. So I kind of see that would be a no-brainer because the judge likes wire foxes and based on how many times the wire fox has won, I can kind of see where you're going with this. It's not a clear-cut factor, but, you know, you use anything you can when you're trying to, you know, find a winner here. <laughs> and another thing they do is they expand this field every year. Uh, every year you're going to find a couple of new dogs that weren't in it in previous years. So they just keep piling on more dogs. They do. They really do. The AKC just keeps piling on the dogs. What else? It's more a, a gut sometimes. Too. Okay. Um, you know, all those factors I told you, I, I still have to like something myself. And, wh- you know, why do I like it in- internally? Why do I like it? So I, I think that's it's just all those factors in, in general. Uh, some days, Charlotte, I'd like to put this out for the public to bet. And that could be a possibility sometime because, you know, I've been doing the Oscar odds for many years. Ooh. Like, 25 to 30 years now. And I've always done that for fun. Uh, Oscars, Emmys, uh, all those uh, reality shows. I've been doing those for years. And this year, last year, we were able to offer the Oscar odds in New Jersey. And we offered the Emmy odds also. So there's a change of heart. It depends on, you know, what kind, which gaming commission you're dealing with and how, uh, how tolerant they are to let you do something new. But, um, the climate's changed a little bit, so who knows? Maybe there will be some dog wagering down the road. And yeah, it's kind of like uh, the English. They not, bet on I mean, anything. Uh, Greyhound, I mean, yeah. It's, and it's all got to be on the up and up, and this is, uh, you know, the, the dogs all present themselves. Uh, the handlers uh, are there to walk them around, show what they have, and then one judge makes a decision. And so, I, you know, I believe that it's all on the up and up, just like the Oscars are. So since talking to you, I see a book in your future, Down and Dirty with Johnny Avello, straight from Vegas. <laughs> I definitely see that book in, you know, 
Well, Johnny, thanks so much for joining us today. It's always enlightening having you here, and it always gives me something to think about. Like I got to go buy some books on wagering. (laughs) I've got to expand my wagering library. You know, you can go to any hole in the wall, talk to any bookie. And you mentioned Johnny's name. It's like, he's like revered. They bang, they bow. They dove, actually. Oh, yes. Oh, him. Of course. I've impressed impressed a few people telling you that you're my mentor. They're like, really? That was Johnny Avello, head of the sports book at DraftKings. We're going to take a commercial break and open with a little international flavor for the iconic dog show. They call me Prince like I'm royalty or something. But the places I've lived ain't no palaces. So I don't need grilled salmon or a new scratching post. Just give me a cardboard box and a can of tuna and we're good. You can even change my name. I'm cool being the kitty formerly known as Prince. A person is the best thing to happen to a shelter pet. Be that person. Adopt. I'm pet expert Charlotte Reed, and I want to remind you how important it is to protect your pet against fleas, ticks, and mosquitoes with preventative tablets and topicals. By giving your dogs and cats preventative meds throughout the year, you are protecting your pet from Lyme disease, heartworm, flea allergies, worms, and more, causing unwanted and costly vet bills. Most importantly, these parasites can infiltrate your home, causing you and your family's health to be compromised. Remember, healthy pet health you. I'm pet trendologist Charlotte Reed, and I just want you to know that we're urban, suburban, and country. We cover things that you all want to hear. Well, let's kick off this segment with some global pet news. And now, Pet Buzz news from around the globe. You know, the great thing about Westminster is that dogs come from all over the world. So check this out. We've got two dogs from Argentina, two from Australia, one from Belgium, one from Bermuda, two from Brazil, 63 from Canada. Chile sent us two, Colombia one, Costa Rica one, Croatia one, Germany one, Guatemala one, Japan 11, Lithuania two, Mexico two, Russia one. Only one from Russia. I'm surprised they're so competitive there. South Korea five, Sweden one, and Thailand one. Now, I'm wondering if that Thai dog is a Pomeranian. I think he's probably a Pomeranian. I have a feeling. Well, will one of these foreigners win the title of best in show for the 144th Westminster Kennel Club. Okay, so our next guest is waiting on the phone. And this lady who I'm going to be speaking to next, she doesn't wait for anyone or anything. Finding a responsible breeder that you can trust is paramount to finding your new four-legged family member. Breeders are an invaluable source throughout your dog's lifetime. So think of a breeder as your guide to a better dog life. And if you're as lucky as I am, you will think of your breeder as your dog's grandmother and a very good friend. Joining us today is my friend, a mentor, and a legend in the dog world, Barbara Miller. Barbara Miller of Maxwell Kennels is synonymous with Norfolk Terriers. Moreover, 
She was the 2007 AKC Breeder of the Year and the 2002 AKC Terrier Breeder of the Year. Well, Barbara, welcome to the Pet Buzz. Thank you so much for joining me today. Well, it's an honor to be asked to join you. Well, you know, Barbara, Westminster starts this weekend. Can you find the dog of your dreams at this iconic show? Yes, you can. But my suggestion is is that you first do a little legwork yourself and do some research on whether or not you want a small breed, medium breed, or a large breed. And there's all sorts of manners in which you can do that. There's the library, which you can look up breeds. There's the American Kennel Club, where you can look up various breeds on their on their website. And, of course, there's also visiting the dog show. You know, not everyone can go to Westminster, obviously. And going, like you suggested, going to a local dog show can help. You can meet some local mm-hmm. breeders. And the other great thing yeah. is you can see the dogs up close up, personal. And then maybe you'll even get to touch one. Or, But, you know, it's interesting because you've made some great suggestions about where you can go for advice. I always think a great thing to do is if you find a dog, hey, it's very, it's not very expensive to go buy a book on Amazon because I think, and I'm sure you would advise this, if you do find a dog, it's a good idea, you know, to know the standard and everything, but also know some of the the grooming, if grooming is necessary, and the type of exercise the dog needs, as well as just the health problems, because that can be really costly, right? Yeah, well, you know, Charlotte, most people don't want a show dog. Most people want a pet. And if a breeder does have a show dog, or what they assume might turn into a show dog or has the potential, nine times out of ten, that breeder is going to hang on to that particular puppy. But for myself, when I get calls, if a person lives within two hours of my front door, I invite them to come here and see how my dogs are being raised. And I might not necessarily have a puppy even available or even a litter, but I want them to see the situation, see the dogs, put your hands on the dogs, get to know the breed. And um, sometimes if I don't have a puppy available, I will direct them where they can go. I think everyone who's listening to this interview is going to recognize that Barbara is a great breeder. I mean, the things that she's just said in the last two minutes or so let you know that. It's someone who's going to be there in your dog's lifetime, hopefully, based on age of the breeder, but in your dog's lifetime who's going to be able to give you that advice, whether it's If this is the right dog for you, whether it's taking the dog back, if you have some type of crisis in your life, um, I, as I said earlier, I consider my breeder, my dog's grandmother, as well as a very good friend. I've had a 15, 16 year relationship with her. Well, you know, Charlotte, any good breeder, any good breeder, I don't care of what breed, but any good breeder would look you square in the eye and say at any time. If you cannot maintain this dog through its lifetime, I, as a breeder, will take the dog back. That is something you cannot do if you go into a pet shop. If you've just joined us, we're talking with legendary breeder of Norfolk Terriers, Barbara Miller of Maxwell Kennels. Barbara, so here's my next question, because I think this is really important. And you're the lady to give us great advice, firm, solid, great advice. So if I go to visit a breeder like I go to visit you and I say that I want a Norfolk Terrier or any breed, what can I expect? What kind of interaction can I expect with the breeder? I mean, should I be asking questions? Should they be asking questions of me? Talk a little bit about that. Well, when you purchase a dog of any breed, the most important thing you are purchasing is temperament and health. And if that little cute puppy doesn't have good temperament and health in his background, you don't want any part of that dog. 
you know, and you need to have a rapport with a breeder. The breeder is the new owner's best friend until the day that dog dies. But good breeders will do that. But you know what, Barbara, it's really funny because I remember a story from a, a dear friend who's a veterinarian in New York, and he said to me, I always know when a Barbara Miller dog walks in the door. You know, oh, well. I, you know, it's funny because, uh, dearest Lou Berman, we have our birthdays around yeah, the same yeah, time. Yeah. He said that to me and I laughed because, you know, I can imagine him laughing. I mean, you know, Barbara is definitely a personality in the dog world. Um, she's def- definitely an authoritarian figure that so many people rely on. And, you know, one of the things I'm going to say before I wrap up this interview, I want to thank you because you understand the importance of passing knowledge around because there's so many people coming up in the dog world that, you know, need to look up to the folks like you who have been around, who have done so much. Thank you very much for doing this interview. Well, Barbara, thank you so much for joining us today. Well, to learn more about Barbara Miller, you want to check out Max Wells Kennels. That's M-A-X hyphen W-E-L-L. Once again, that was Barbara Miller, everyone. A phenomenal, a great lady and a great breeder. You're making me blush. Well, it's always too soon to wrap the show, and especially for this show that has so much meaning to me. This is, I always say the Westminster Kennel Club dog show is a measuring line to history, but it's also a measuring line to my life, the things that have gone on year after year, and I've saved mementos of the shows, especially with my dad, but a lot of people don't know this, but I collect Westminster memorabilia. So my earliest... um, items are from actually the year the dog show started which was 1877 but like i said it's a great show and it should definitely be on your bucket list so i want to give special thanks to gail miller beicher fabian arienti and tony cabrera johnny avello and barbara miller and just to remind you the westminster kennel club dog show takes place on sunday february 9th monday february 10th and tuesday february 11th daytime rejudging sessions take place at Pier 94 at 8 a.m. to 4.30 p.m. And evening sessions are located at Madison Square Garden from about 7.30 p.m. on Monday and 7 p.m. on Tuesday. Master Agilius Championship at Westminster and the Masters Obedience Championship at Westminster are held on Saturday and Sunday, February 8th and 9th at Pier 94. Tickets range from $32 to $210 and can be purchased at the Westminster Kennel Club website or through Ticketmaster. So next week, we're going to talk with the Westminster Kennel Club winner. There's a new book out called Citizen Kane on. I'm excited to let for you guys to hear from the author about it. It's a book about dogs in the movies. And last but not least, we have a great interview with the vice president of marketing for New Orleans. And he's going to talk about why New Orleans is so pet friendly and don't forget i'm gonna be next week in new orleans enjoying uh, a nice weekend and also participating in the crew of barkus mardi gras parade the only licensed dog crew in new orleans so we must always thank our sponsors the animal medical center of bradenton and EpiPet, making better skin coat and ear care products for healthier pets everywhere now if you have a question Write us at team at thepetbuzz.com and we will cover it on next week's show. Don't forget to check my social media feeds as well as the Pet Buzz because I'm going to be posting pictures 
all day long during the show. And if you've missed any portion of the show, visit our social media channels as well as your favorite streaming channels and listen to the linked podcast on Monday morning. Most importantly, remember, we're here each week to help you take better care of your pets. I always say it. Peace out and pet love. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Pet Buzz. The Pet Buzz is hosted by the dynamic pet duo, pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. Tune in each week for the latest 411 on everything pet related. Visit our website at www.thepetbuzz.com. Learn more about us, the show, and our guests.